And welcome to Navi Tales. I'm Josh. I'm Nick. And today we are covering Diablo. Here's the thing that's really hard in my life. So I like bad fan fiction. And there's a bad fan fiction that's pretty infamous out there called My Immortal. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned it multiple times on this podcast. And I've read the entire thing out loud. Now, when I read bad fan fiction out loud, I read it out loud, uh, including spelling errors. Because this thing was not edited. No. No, it was not. Um, and so every time I say Diablo now, I pronounce it Diabolo. Because that's regular. Because uh, Ron Weasley and... My immortal, his name, he's changed his name to Diablo, which is hilarious. But she can't spell that consistently. So often she'll spell it Diabolo. And uh, it's my fucking life. <laughs> it's, it's my essence. Uh, my immortal. So my immortal. So like, there's certain words I'll say just wrong because I've read bad fan fiction out loud and I love it. But Diabolo is definitely one of them, and I fucking love it. So I've been playing, yeah, so we're doing, doing Diabolo. Welcome to the Diabolo podcast. Hey, have I ever talked about my time playing Diablo 2 with my dad? Yeah, you did when you talked about what we've been playing, and you were playing Diablo 3. I was like last week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> fucking dope. Welcome uh, to being friends with Josh. <laughs> no, like legit. This is a problem in my life. I'm a walking dare ad. <laughs> Pretty much. Like I walked into college just like fruitful and remembering my youth and I walked out of college just a mess. Josh will come up to me and be like, yo, I did this really cool thing and like this and that. And I'll be like, Josh, I was there. <laughs> yeah, no, regularly. Yeah. I, I just have like no... It's not like a short-term or a long-term memory problem. It's just a memory problem. Yeah. Like... I, I can't remember anything. So that's why I keep Nick around. Nick is my walking, just, wiki. <laughs> yes. Uh, my favorite, my favorite is your girlfriend remembers it all, too. So, yeah. uh, so like, we were talking, like, I, there was a, a month I went through, like, a lot of stuff, like, back to back. I was like, I went through this, this. I feel like I'm missing something. Brandy's like, oh, it was this. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck do you know that? <laughs> um... Anyway, talking about Diablo. Diabolo. We'll talk about Diabolo. At the beginning, uh, we need to talk about the Great Conflict. Since the birth of reality itself, the high heavens and the burning hells have waged an endless war for anything of value within their realms of order and chaos. No side has gained much of anything at all for long and, in their struggle, have often destroyed much of what they sought to claim. It is referred to as the Great Conflict and all other wars and events, like the Sin War, fall under it. I am reading through all of this and knowing my dungeon. See, here's the thing. I can't remember like events in my life, but if you ask me like, what's the deep lore for Dungeons and Dragons, I fucking got you. Um, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's like, I'm, it's just like my autism flares when I'm trying to fucking do this shit. And it's, it's insane. So like reading through this, I was like, oh yeah, I could see the, the influences. Like, D&D definitely, like, the deep lore for D&D definitely had an influence on that. The story begins with Anaris, a powerful angel and member of the Angiris Council, or just the Council of Angels. Tired of constantly fighting, he saw little point in the infinite war they are waging against Hell. Convinced that there must be others such as him in both Heaven and Hell, Anaris starts to search for other individuals who share his views on the war. 
To his surprise, there are many such as himself, and together with Lilith, daughter of Mephisto, he leads a great exodus. Together, they defect from heaven and hell and search for another place to live. They succeed in stealing the world stone and perform two tasks, which above all others will affect the course of history. These tasks are to create sanctuary, the realm of men, for those to escape the conflict and created Nephilim, uh, or the first humans. To protect this world from both heaven and hell, they used the stolen world stone. It acted as a protective barrier and effectively prevented angels and demons from either directly invading sanctuary or noticing its existence at all. How exactly it worked remains unclear, but what matters is it worked. The two races of heaven and hell tried to live peacefully with each other on sanctuary, and even mated with each other, creating more humans, again called Nephilim. It quickly became apparent that the Nephilim were as powerful as their parents, and had the potential to be more than any angel or demon. This caused struggle among the higher beings. Anaris wanted to kill the humans, as he viewed them as a threat to their own existence. Lilith, on the other hand, wanted to raise the Nephilim to an army and have them fight both heaven and hell. The two began fighting, and Anaris cast Lilith out from Sanctuary and imprisoned her in the Void, claiming Sanctuary as his own. Many of the Nephilim were slain during this time, but some survived, like Bulkathos and Rothma. The latter became the servant of Trog Owl, a mythical dragon and guardian of the Sanctuary. So now comes the Sin War. As time went on, the prime evils, leaders of hell, discovered sanctuary. Immediately realizing the potential of humanity as a weapon against heaven, they created a religion called the Triune, there to lure humans to their side. Anarius thus similarly set up his own Cathedral of Light to combat the three. The two forces battled behind the scenes with each other on sanctuary while heaven remained unknowing of sanctuary's existence. The two religions waged a constant but seemingly petty war against each other, and the world was more or less unaffected. It's kind of like today. The two churches meddled in the everyday lives of humans sometimes, but none except for the most high-ranking of the church servants knew the true identities between the religions. That all changed when Lilith broke free from her prison. Returning to Sanctuary and fairly angry, she once again sought to use the humans to her own advantage and conquer both heaven and hell. In these events, a man named Eulodician, a distant descendant of Inaris and Lilith, got caught in her plots. Unbeknownst to him, Lilith gave him magical powers and framed him, making it appear as though he had slain the servants of both the Triune and the Cathedral of Light. Lilith disguised herself as a human named Lilia and snared Eulodician into doing as she wished. Eulodician thought that these powers lay latent in all humans, and, followed by Mendelin, his younger brother, uh, Serenthia, a longtime family friend infatuated with Eulodician, and the daughter of the merchant Cyrus, and Achilleos, a childhood friend and archer, fled to the town of Serum, uh, fearing for their lives. The very people who were once close friends and neighbors turned upon Eulodician, fearing his new abilities and what it seemed that he did with them. Eulodician blamed the Triune and the Cathedral for the predicament he was in, and so set off to awaken these powers in others, that they might live in a world of their own crafting, not the Triune or the Cathedral. The venture was a struggle at first, but with the unknown aid from Lilith, more and more people were found, 
who could use magic, and they gathered under Eulodicean. They became known as the Iridim, with Eulodicium as their leader. These actions brought with them turmoil. Lucian, leader of the Triune and son of Mephisto, set formidable enemies to hunt down Eulodicean, among them Malak, Deimos, Gulag, and Astroga. I feel like I'm summoning something. <laughs> uh, Mendelin, during this time, was noticed by Rothma. Rothma was the son of Anarius and Lilith, and the first servant of Tragul, a great dragon connected to Sanctuary, but aligned with neither heaven nor hell. Rothma trained Mendelin as an apprentice, and they are the first two necromancers. Because necromancy is not viewed at as like this evil art in Diablo. It's like viewed at as like this holy thing, keeping the balance between life and death. But by breaking it, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, sure, whatever. <laughs> fuck it. Rothma's cool. Whatever you say, Diabolo. Yeah, whatever you say, Diabolo. Lilith, in the meantime, understood that her plans could not be achieved unless something was done with the World Stone. The crystal had been created by Inaris to both shield the world and limit the powers of humans. So long as it still stood, no human army of hers would ever wage war on heaven or hell. Eulodician, however, was brought there. After a brief brawl with Bull Kathos, he was allowed into the Worldstone Chamber with Rothma as his companion. After killing bat-like demons, Rothma, though doubtful he would succeed, suggested Eulodician attempt to change the Worldstone to better favor him and his people. What he did astonished Rothma, and later Inaris as well. Eulodician had altered the structure of the crystal, something not even Inaris could undo. This change had monumental consequences, and not only stopped the weakening of the Nephilim, but in fact sped up the growth of their powers. My thing with Diablo. Now we'll talk about that at the end. Fuck you. Eventually, Anarius was dragged into the conflict. The tyrant ruler of Sanctuary, he had considered himself above Eulodician and refused to come into direct contact with him. Because of that belief, he sent his trusted assistant, uh, Gamuel, to assassinate Eulodician. The plot failed, and Anarius resorted to even more desperate measures, a pact with Diablo himself. At this point, the human's power had grown immensely, and a confrontation was imminent. Initially, Anarius did not view Eulodician as much of a threat, but as his efforts to stop the human continued to fail, Anarius became more and more desperate, though he refused to admit as much to himself. At this time, Anarius was approached by Diablo, and the primeval offered him a pact. Together, the two sought to defeat Eulodician and his Edirum. At the same time, Tyriel discovered Sanctuary, and soon thereafter, the High Heavens was notified of the existence of the world. Tyriel's great. Tyriel's kind of a dick in the beginning lore, but Tyriel's the Angel of Judgment. Um... And he plays a really, really big part in Diablo 3, but he is really cool. Have you ever seen what the angels look like in Diablo? No. Okay. Maybe. Right, we're pausing so you can see what an angle looks like. <laughs> Fucking angle. Now you're just being obtuse. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's Tyrael. That's dope. They, all angels have their faces covered. Mm-hmm. In one way or another. Like, um... Tyriel's always got the hood and stuff. Um, 
I know that like some of the angels. Nope, that's not Diablo. Like this is like the leader of the angels with his big helmet. But yeah, they all have that done. And there's a point um, at the very beginning of Diablo three, which isn't a spoiler for you because it's the first cutscene where Tyrael um, gets his power ripped from him. And as he does it, he takes off his hood. It's oh, like shit. the represented. He like drops the armor that holds his wings in place and then takes off his hood. Damn. Like, it's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> the angels are really cool. And then you got angels like, um, what's his name? Malek, the angel of death, who like left heaven, but like didn't team up with hell. He was like doing his own thing. Who like has this really thin hood? I was just like, oh shit, Jared, like Malik looks cool. Yeah, the angels look really cool in Diablo. The high heavens viewed sanctuary and its inhabitants as an abomination to existence and acted accordingly, sending their armies directly to sanctuary. Trogul, the guardian of the sanctuary, used his immense power to shield sanctuary's location from the angels, but he could not hold it forever. Eulodician and Inaris also clashed. And that battle is without a doubt the fiercest battle that has ever taken place on the face of Sanctuary, and likely ever will. Both wielded the strength of gods, and continually changed the landscape surrounding them as they battled. I want this cutscene. Just like gods fighting, and like to fit how the fight's going, they're like bringing up mountains and shit. Yeah. It's fucking, just sounds fucking dope. Yeah, it's like some next level fucking cool. As they fought, a tear appeared in the sky as the hosts of angels finally reached the invaded sanctuary. Soon after, Eulodician's entire body infused with energy, he acquired a higher understanding of sanctuary itself and easily broke the bond between Inaris and the World Stone. Inaris, without the immense amount of power to draw upon, was easily defeated by Eulodician and trapped in a prison until the Angrius Council further decided his fate. Soon after the angels reached Sanctuary, Tyriel found Eulodician and shackled him. Demons of the Burning Hells, determined not to let the angels destroy what they sought to exploit, erupted onto the landscape and a three-way battle commenced. The angels battling on one side, the demons on the other, and the Adirum stuck in the middle. Eulodician, still shackled, was forced to watch his people as they fought against both angel and demon. Overcome with emotion, he finally broke free of Tyriel's bonds and demanded the armies to stop. Surprisingly, they all became frozen in time. Eulodician then cleared the angels and the demons from his world. He began changing the landscape back to how it was before all the destruction had taken place. As he did so, his power refused to cooperate and instead destroyed the environment where he was trying to fix it. He realized the only thing he could do was draw the destruction into himself, and so... With all his might, he did so. Finally, after taking in all the destruction that Sanctuary had suffered, Tragul guided him to the Void to release it. After the battle, a gathering was held between the Angry's Council and Mephisto. Sanctuary was all but destroyed, but all hope was not lost. Some, like Rothma, pleaded with Heaven to spare Sanctuary. A vote was held between the Angels. Imperius voted against Sanctuary's existence, and Ariel argued strongly for it. The deciding vote was laid by Teriel, who initially seemed to show little love for humanity, something which has evidently developed over the years since this event. 
Together with Mephisto, a deal was made between heaven and hell. Sanctuary was to live on its own, with no war brought there by heaven or hell. Humanity would choose for themselves what to do. In return for agreeing to this, Mephisto obtained custody of Inaris and took him to the burning hells. Mephisto sought Inaris because it was him and his daughter Lilith that was responsible for the creation of Sanctuary and the Nephilim. This was followed by a soft reset. I'm, I'm not even fucking kidding. This was followed by a reset of the world. Time was reverted right to the point where Eulodician left his home village, and events were unmade so that the inhabitants of Sanctuary could mature on their own without the influence of the Triune or the Cathedral. All memories were wiped, save that of the original Nephilim. The reasoning for this uh, was that the original Nephilim were very few, and they would pass on soon enough anyway. And Mendelin, Tragul saved him his memory so he could remember the sacrifice his brother made, as well as teach any willing students the way of the balance. Uh, Mendelin goes on in this new reset to become the, uh, like the patron saint of necromancers. Because he remembers the importance of the balance between oh, life good. and death. Um, Serenthia is revived and Achilleos is turned back into a living human because of Eulodician sacrificing himself. Uh, this is a direct effect of Eulodician sacrifice and has nothing to do with the Angris Council or Mephisto. This, the reset world, is the past from which the game takes place. The first version with Eulodician isn't recorded in any history, but is known by a few humans as well as angels and demons. So, like, Eulodician is very rarely brought up because he saved the world once. So, some things to set up Asmodin, Belial, and Daryl and Duriel are the four lesser evils of hell. Whether Diablo and his brothers intended for it or not, the four lesser evils plotted and ultimately exiled the three primes into Sanctuary. In their absence, Belial, the Lord of Lies, and Asmodan, the Lord of Sin, engaged in a civil war between themselves. Their war rages in the deepest pits of hell to this day. So, I forget the exact primables. I think they're Diablo, Mephisto, and Beelzebub, maybe? They are all on Sanctuary. In one way, shape, or form. So that, um, we'll talk about that. Tyrio learns that the threes exile into Sanctuary and mobilizes to stop them. He creates the Horadrim, a collection of the most powerful human magi, including Jared Kane, Deckard Kane's ancestor, and Talra Shah. Tyrio charges the Horadrim with the capture of the three prime evils, giving them soul stones to imprison the souls of Diablo and his brothers within. One by one, they find and imprison the Primes. Unable to permanently destroy the demons, the Haradrim are forced to instead hide the Soul Stones. So now we can actually talk about the events of the Diablo games? Because none of this is actually in the games and isn't like the novels and shit. Um, a conquering hero known as Loric established himself as the King of Kandoras, a kingdom on the western continent of the Sanctuary. He appointed Tristam, as the capital of this kingdom, and used the abandoned cathedral there as his throne and center point of governance. Not soon after, King Loric's most trusted advisor, Archbishop Lazarus, was drawn deeper into the cathedral by the Lord of Terror's soul stone. The Archbishop, whether out of fear or temptation, shattered the soul stone, releasing Diablo's trapped spirit. Unable to take King Loric himself as a physical host, Diablo had the Archbishop Lazarus kidnap the king's son, Prince Albrecht, 
and brought him down into the cathedral for Diablo to corrupt and use as his host to fully manifest as the Lord of Terror. The king, already deranged from Diablo's attempts to possess him, went mad in his search for his son, sending many to their death out of suspicion or guilt. Ultimately, Lazarus led the town's warriors into the cathedral as a trap for the butcher, a minion wielding a bloody cleaver. He, the butcher is like an, an enemy in Diablo, like it, it, it's a demon, um, who is iconic to the point where if you played Overwatch, uh, Roadhog has a butcher skin. He's like one of the iconic Diablo things. It's just the butcher is common. Actually just fought him in my fucking third playthrough I'm on now. <laughs> Jesus. I, when I played Diablo, I just do it and do it and do it because I want a bunch of characters up really high so I can play online. Um, King Lorik's physical form had withered away, but his soul found no peace and returned as a giant skeleton still wearing his golden crown. Came back as a bony boy. Mm -hmm. Several heroes traveled to Tristram, hearing rumors of corrupting evil, vast riches, and arcane magic. The heroes were assisted in their journeys by Deckard Cain, a descendant of one of the Haradrim. Canonically, it was Aiden, the playable warrior character and the son of Lorik, who sought and ultimately vanquished Diablo. Thinking he was able to contend with its evil, Aiden forced Diablo's soulstone into his own forehead. After returning to Tristram, the town's inhabitants celebrated their champion's victory, but Aiden had returned a changed man, haunted by Diablo's essence. And that's where the first game ends. Uh, evidently, a game that came out in the 90s didn't have a ton of lore, but uh, it gets deeper and deeper as it goes on, and we'll revisit this one with 2 and 3 because they do have a lot of lore. So, yeah. That's what I have on Diablo. Uh, here's my thing. Um, I've talked about it before on the podcast, and it's no secret that I uh, grew up in a very, very, very Christian household. My dad's a preacher, like, very devout family, and I find myself a Christian as well, still to this day. Although I like to say fuck. And whatever. But, um... So... In my mind, Nephilim are very different. Nephilim are like a biblical thing. Like, a lot of these things are biblical things. And then my weird obsession with the occult, like, things like Asmodeus and Belial. Not Asmodeus, it's, uh, Asmodeus is, uh, D&D. Asmodon and Belial, they're like literal demons in like the lesser key of Solomon and stuff. So this like takes names from like real like Christian mythos and then it uh, just does whatever they want with them which fucks me up hard. <laughs> like Nephilim biblically are like the uh, product of like, there were giants back in that day is the verse that deals with uh, the Nephilim. They, uh, I guess the general biblical scholar assumption is they're the product of demons and humans. But, uh, and they were, they all died out after the great flood. But, um, I mean, it's all, it's old, old Testament. So take that with whatever grain of salt you want to take it with. Because, uh, old Testament was, um, in my opinion, mostly, <laughs> mostly just fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's weird to me how they're just like slapping names on shit because I view this very, very differently than a lot of people do. It always baffles me that my dad plays these games. He really does. Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and, and like, 
Because like the the angels aren't good guys in the in these games at all. Yeah, the angels are dicks. They're not like actively like evil, but they're dickheads. Like with the exception, with like a few exceptions, like Tyriel and uh, what's her name, the the angel who like vouched for humans. Like they they're dicks. Uh, like Imperius is a dick. Like I can't stand him. Um, but yeah, they uh, it's weird to me. It's just weird, and it is. If you grow up in any semblance of what I grew up in, it'd be weird to you too. So shout out to all the PKs out there. We have a crew. We have a, we have a Discord. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I I so uh, shout out to my friend Alec who I know listens because he knows what it's he knows what's up he knows what's up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've known several PKs in my life and. Every now and then we'll sit down and go, isn't it weird? <laughs> like, because it is. Um, anyway, yeah, that's what I got for uh, Diablo. Uh, as we like to end every episode, Nick, what have you been playing? Dark Souls, baby. Where we at? I, okay, so, so I think last time I said. You were in the was, Valley of the Drakes. You hadn't right, done Sans Fortress yet. Right, so I did Sans Fortress. How fun was that? It was not that bad. Really? Sense Fortress is usually tough for first timers. I liked Sense Fortress, but like I played it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't that bad. After like the first couple times, it wasn't that bad. Um I'm trying to think, yeah. It wasn't like I like I pretty I got a handle pretty much on like the traps nice. pretty fast and like fighting the the snake head things weren't that bad after a while. Fun like if you fight them one on one, they're you just backstab them. Fun lore game theory. Sen is never brought up again. Mm-hmm. The name Sen never shows up again in Dark Souls. My theory is that's the name of the Nameless King. It's not just my theory. A lot of people believe that the Nameless King, the firstborn son of Gwyn, his name is Sen. Mm, makes sense. So I I stand by that theory. There, there's other stuff that go into it too. Like it's right before Anorlando and stuff. Like my theory is Sen is the name of uh, the firstborn son of Gwyn, the Nameless King. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> wasn't the fortress wasn't that bad. Got to the iron golem, and went golem, golem, and went. Wow, I should go get that fucker on that top of the building over there before I do this fight. Yeah. Uh, so I did that, and then uh, went in and fought the iron golem and beat it, and then went to An Orlando, and and got weirded out because it's like weird and it's serene, really pretty. <laughs> it's weird and serene and pretty, and you're like, this isn't Dark Souls. <laughs> what is this? Um, so yeah, I did that, and I went through, um, pretty much fine, and got to the point. Did you talk to Gwendolyn? Um, so. Giant big titty chick? Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, was, I was getting there. So I, uh, I went through, and like, the part where you, where you're like inside, and you're like walking through the yeah. hallways and opening doors, I summoned two people who were just, had their summon signs there. Oh, see, you and, made a mistake. No, I know. <laughs> um. And uh, so I was just kind of like walking around and whatever, and they were just like doing whatever. I would just hear a noise every once in a while, I'd be like, "Hey, you're making a lot of noise over there." Um, one of them hit Gwendolyn, didn't they? No. Oh, okay. No, she's behind the boss. Oh, you were summoning them for the boss for Ornstein and Smell. Yeah, I like way before, like oh, okay. inside, like way before. Oh, so okay. So I walked okay. through the entire inside with these two people, and we walked all the way up to Ornstein and Smell and beat them. Nice, nice. Um, Ornstein and Smell is rough by yourself. 
Because yeah, once you kill imagine. one of them, the other one gets real strong. Yeah. And most people kill Ornstein first. Uh, we killed Smo first. Because they knew what they were doing. Right. Most people kill Ornstein first, and then Smo gets superpowered, and Smo superpowered sucks dick. Yeah. That's a tough boss. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if you're a Souls veteran. Overpowered Snow or Snow. Snow. Overpowered Smo sucks. Um. So yeah, we did that. And then uh, I talked to Gwendolyn, and I was like, fuck yes, I can warp now. Um, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so uh, then after that, I got the soul for the Firekeeper for Firelink Shrine back, nice. because I want that, thanks. Uh, I, I would use... like a Firekeeper, thanks. I would like my Firekeeper, so I could use that fucking, fucking thing. Um, so I did that, and then I went to the Painted World. Ah, uh, the painted world of Aramaeus, right? Is it Aramaeus in this one? I think so, yeah. Ah, uh, because because the one in Dark Souls, because there's a painted world in Dark Souls three that has a very similar name, the painted world of something that sounds like Aramaeus. I think Aramaeus is Dark Souls. Yeah, one, I, th I think it was Aramaeus. So, uh, yeah, that was fucking annoying. Did you? Yeah, the painted world sucks. Although the ending is really cool with the uh, giant lady. Yeah, killed her. Oh, you fought her. Yeah. The the part dragon lady. Yeah. Yeah, the theory behind her is that she is the daughter of um, Gwendolyn's mother and Sethiskelis. Oh, yeah, I, so, I think I heard that, yeah. Yeah, that's um, one of the theories is that she, or potentially just Gwendolyn and Sethiskelis. So. Yeah, I mean, I was like, people were like, I was like looking it up and like, you don't have to fight her. But I was like, I want to fight everybody. But she's got some cool weapons. Yeah, you, you get cool weapons, and I want to, I don't know, first, like, I like fighting everything. Like, all the boss. I like doing every boss um, possible. You like doing all the bosses? Yeah. You missed one. Probably. No, I, I assure you, you did. Because your Anne Orlando is bright and shiny. Oh, yeah. So, uh, look into, uh, um, no, Guinevere is the woman. Gwendolyn is the lady son. Look into Gwendolyn boss fight for Dark Souls 3. Sorry, Gwena, sorry, R R Retcon. I, I knew that. They just all have similar names because Gwen's obsessed with himself. So Gwendolyn and Guinevere, I get confused. Guinevere is the daughter of Gwen. Gwendolyn is the daughter son of Gwen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I did that. And then... What's after? After the Painted World is... I don't think I went anywhere else. I think I went back to the depths to farm humanity to give to the Covenant so I can get the secret entrance and not have Solaire die. I think that's what I'm doing right now. Okay, just grinding? I'm grinding humanity so I can level up the Covenant status. What Covenant are you in? The, the Chaos one. Oh, okay. So I can get the secret entrance so I can save Solaire. Smart, <clears throat> yeah, boy. I'm not letting the boy die. You're, le you're not letting our our sunny boy die. No. Also, he's he's uh, summonable for the final boss. So it's if he if he survives. If he doesn't, he isn't. Right. Well, I so, want him to survive. So I try. I'm leveling. Oh, I don't care if he dies because then I can run around looking like fucking Solar. So <laughs> true. But yeah, that's uh, that's about it. That's all I did. Which was a lot, but... That is a lot. You, you've <laughs> gone through it. a lot of the game. Yeah. Uh, I beat another game of Diablo and started another one. <laughs> I finished as a necromancer beforehand, like I talked. I did a wizard. 
And now I'm doing a witch doctor. Although I think I might put my witch doctor on pause because I did just do a necromancer and both of them are really pet heavy and might just go do a demon hunter instead. Um, but yeah, I uh, fucking love Diablo. I forgot how much I love, I'm addicted to this game. Um, but yeah, now I'm, uh, yeah, now I have a, uh, what's it called? A necromancer and a wizard all set for online and wizards are great. So I'll just, I'll run dungeons with, uh, cause there's a, like the, the Nephilim dungeons, which back when I was playing a lot of Diablo three, just run over and over and over again, just. And then once I like they're easy, increase difficulty, run over and over and over again until I get good gear, increase difficulty, just keep going. So I'm hoping, hoping to play on like infernal something by the end of uh when I'm done with this game on at least the wizard. I don't really don't like playing my necromancer. I think I built him wrong. Granted, you can always rebuild a character. It's how Diablo works, but I have no idea how to build a necromancer. A wizard, I do. So yeah, um. Yeah, I think that's all I've been playing. Oh, I finished Call of Cthulhu. Pretty solid game. Don't like split endings, though. Um, okay. It's like, oh, your choices matter? Uh, well, they haven't mattered so far. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah, it was fun. It, it wasn't flawless, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And if you like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft shit, check it out. Uh, in Dungeons & Dragons Corner, uh, we finished the Amber Temple. You guys killed a uh, Yugaloth. That was hanging out there that I made way harder because uh, in the spur of the moment, like at the beginning of that fight, I went, oh, fuck, I'm going to do this completely different. I'm going to make this the boss. So I made the Yugaloth the boss. Uh, you, the only reason you didn't die is because you used Counterspell. Yep. The only reason Justin get banished to another dimension is because she rolled okay. <laughs> like, she rolled <laughs> just okay. She rolled just enough. Um... Other than that, you guys uh, teamed up with a lich. I gave you the option to become a lich, which you didn't take. Yep. You, you looked at the stats and you go, this is really, really OP. And I, I mean, go, this is broken as fuck. And I go, yeah, I know. And he goes, I'm not going to take it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I figured about as much. Um, and then a couple other, other of our party members made dark deals in the sarcophagi. Uh, and you got the sun sword. Yeah. So now all we have left to do is to fight uh, Strad von Zarovich. Yeah, boy. You guys got to head towards Ravenloft. So like fucking, what, three out of five of us took fucking deals? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the only ones who didn't were you and Jess. Yeah. None of them listen to this podcast. They're kind of fucked. But whatever. I, um... They're all dumb. Yeah, they're, they're all dumb and just saw power and went, ooh, let me hump that. Like, it's... Yeah. Fucking bro wanted to take two. But he wasn't around. I wouldn't have let him take two. You're only taking one of those dark gifts. But bro was too busy crafting amber teeth. Yeah, because his dark Cause gift his teeth fell cost out. him to lose. Teeth. Oh, and I also gave you dimension doors as a spell. You did. I did get dimension door from the because I, I think it's library. Yeah, you got it from the lich's library. It's pretty neat. Uh, but I liches are generally evil, and even the book is like this is a bad guy. Because he's a lich and he did bad things. And I went, I'm changing this all around. This is a lich who took this on as a burden to guard this place. I was like, I think that that's more dynamic. And A, I love liches. Yeah, I think that was cool. So like normally liches are evil and super powerful. This lich is just like, I'm here to save the place. And you guys did revive him. Like he was pretty, he yeah. was on his way to being a demi-lich. Yeah, we, and, did. we mixed a bunch of shit together and gave it to him. 
Yeah, which also was pretty neat because you guys gave up a bunch of your health potions right before going into the final dungeon. Whatever. I, um, uh, not my fucking problem. But um, yeah, they. Uh, I liked having a a lich that wasn't a bad guy. It was yeah. a lich who took this on to kind of because he knew he needed to to save this place to protect this place. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. And now the Amber Temple is a lot better because the guardian of it is now conscious and not just dying. So, yeah. Um, that's it. You guys are just headed to Ravenloft next session. Yep. Which I'm expecting you guys to be in Ravenloft for a couple sessions. Ravenloft's a big dungeon. Yeah. And then, obviously. See what happens. Obviously. I, uh. Have started building my final boss playlist now. So good. That's why I was texting yeah. you about that boss music last night. Yeah, I, yeah. I got to start building this playlist because this is coming up. Yeah, that music's fucking great. Yeah, so that's definitely in it. Uh, there's a bunch of other music in it too. I it's one of those playlists where I don't want it being played on random. It it needs to play in the order in that, that I put order? it in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because like, there's one song on it. Like the first song on it is like great it'll be like a great pump up song and then the next song is the song i used for strad before mm -hmm. because it is i've deemed that strad's music uh, it's off the album legacy which is soul uh, legacy soulsborne remixed and it's called undone by the blood it's a remix of a bloodborne song and it's fucking great for vampire music uh but yeah you guys are gonna go to ravenloft next session i'm really excited Ooh. i um yeah and that's D, &D corner uh Check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at Navi underscore Tales. Again, at Navi underscore Tales. And this is my first time announcing this. We have a Discord. Yeah. Um, the link is on our social media. Yeah, it's uh, the pinned tweet on our Twitter, and it's somewhere on our Instagram. Yeah, we, we had someone join already. Thank you. Uh, I haven't said a thing in it yet, but because uh, it's rather new, uh, and we haven't even had the chance to uh, say it on here yet. Yeah. But we have a Discord. Come join us. Uh, we'll be in there uh, just yeah. chatting. Uh, we have a section the, to discuss lore. We have a, dis a section to discuss uh, video games. Uh, one of the things that I think would be neat is if people all want to play a game together, hop in that Discord and meet up with people that are in this community and us. We will definitely be hopping in that as well. Yeah, and we uh, there's also a section for you to put your questions if you want to ask us questions. Yep. If you don't want to put them on Twitter or Instagram or wherever, you can put them in that channel on the yeah. Discord. Yeah, we, we both have Discord on our phones. We will both be using Discord. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I've been using Discord for a while, but... Yeah, me too. I mean, I use it for, for Pokemon. Pokemon Go. Uh, my other Dungeons & Dragons game that I never talk about on this channel is uh, done over Discord. Yeah, well, I wish we used Discord for ours, but, you know. God, I wish we used Discord to get, just get us all organized, but no one else wanted to download the frickin' app. Uh, we're, yeah. So, yeah, definitely check us out on Discord. I'm really excited to have one. I, I think that it has the potential for a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, I think that's it for announcements. So, uh, we'll see you next time. See you. Bye. That sucks about honor. Pokemon Go is gonna be more of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's fucking cold. I uh, it <clears throat> on the drive over here, it changed to the snow weather, and I was like, no, it's not snowing. Stop that.
oh, yeah, for, the, for the first time. Yeah, it would, it's supposed to have started already. And guess what? It didn't. Fucking look this up. I'm going to weather.com right now. Oh, yeah, we got the fucking cloudy weather. <clears throat> cloudy weather. Cloudy weather. Okay, the, the the amount of snow keeps going up, but it's still not snowing. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <coughs> I can't wait. Oh, it's a cute little Gengar. Like, it went from, like, under an inch to an inch and three inches to three to five. And... I mean, no matter what, I have to go to work tomorrow, so... Where is it? Fuck <clears throat> me. It says it's snowing right now. I don't believe you. I'm pretty sure I looked outside before I walked downstairs. It might be. It might have started snowing now. <laughs> right, right now, right when I walked Super down the stairs. Super fucking accurate. It was just like. You have a feeling breaking down. That's a cute little Gengar backpack. This is it's a cute little one. Yeah, it's a real cute. <clears throat> you have a cute little Johto bag. A cute little like, how are we gonna get five inches of snow in like four hours? Explain to me. Dude, you really... Here's my thing. Here's what I'm thinking about you right now. <laughs> you really, really don't want this to be a thing, but you know it's going to be. But it's not. But you know it's going to be. No, it's not. It's, we're, it'll probably snow, but it'll be like... <laughs> Good talk. Like the sky's just gonna go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll just be like... <laughs> it'll just... Bleh. And then there's going to be, like, some white stuff. Just... <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to work tomorrow. Oh, I bet. Because you know how my morning is going to be? Explain to me. Shoveling. You know I'm going to shovel out my work. I'm going to... I want to shovel it. And I don't want to do that. And then I'm going to have customers calling me at, like, 8.15. Where are my parts? And I'm going to be like, I can't even get the fucking cars out yet. <laughs> it's under the snow. Your parts are in our building. If you can somehow get here faster than I can get to you, that would be recommended. You're welcome to come shovel the cars out so we can come drive you them to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can come help. Do you ever feel like breaking down? I had four people in different directions say they needed stuff ASAP. To which I responded, well, one of you is getting fucked. <laughs> I only have three drivers. One of you is getting fucked. You're going to have to Rochambeau for it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to draw lots because one of you is not getting their thing ASAP. One of you is waiting an hour. Remember when I started opening these up with quotes and then I just found that that was way more too difficult to find a quote that fit like the broad spectrum of the entire lore for the fucking video game? Yep. Because it was... Like, as much work as finding fucking sources and shit. Just finding, like, one quote that, like, encompasses an entire game. That sucked. Yeah. I'll bring it back sometime. Maybe. No, I will. There's some games I know exactly what quote I'm going to use. Have we ever done Portal 2? And we did, did Portal. Did we do them both at the same time? We might have. Let me freaking check. When did we do Portal? Holy shit, we did Portal fucking episode 20. 
Damn, that was like 40-something episodes ago. <clears throat> Something to go, to go, to go, to go. How does Portal 2 end? I'm just going to go to the bottom of this. Uh, Shell gets released from the facility. We did We did the ending. Yep. I remember talking about the Yeah, we did. We did. We did it. We did it. Well, fuck. <laughs> what happens when we run out of video games through Loron? I don't know. And we die. We are no more. This will become a jazz review podcast. <laughs> Listen to jazz music and critique it. I still think, and uh, copyright, 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 TM, 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 you can't take this idea, it's mine. I still want to do a uh, podcast where my brother and I review Bollywood movies. Because my brother and I are sick fucks that watch Bollywood movies. One of my favorite movies, like, of recent times is a Bollywood movie. It's the one that I keep playing that song from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not even gonna butcher it, but the song is Malhari, and it has some of the best fucking choreographing I've ever seen in a musical. That's pretty dope. I don't know what anyone says throughout the entire movie. I don't know, but that but song I, is a banger. I adore Bollywood movies, and I want to do a podcast where my brother and I review Bollywood movies. Here's the thing. Uh, we're two white guys and can't say Indian words. Yeah. Like, my Irish tongue won't allow it. <laughs> it just <laughs> punches the roof of your mouth. Yeah, it just no. like every time it's doing that, it just like starts dancing and I'm sounding like this. Like. Oh man. I spelled that angles and I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> it's just like a square room. Like <laughs> it's just a square room. <laughs> They're all boxes. <laughs> just a bunch of fucking boxes. The two forces battled behind the scenes with each other on Sanctuary, while Heaven remained unknowing of Sanctuary's resist- Uh, fuck. Shit. Lilith, in the meantime, understood that her plans could not be achieved unless something was done with the Wonder- with the Worldstone. The Wonderstone. Oh, the Wonderstone. <laughs> you went from Worldstone, which, like, I just picture, like, this <laughs> mystical orb in the middle of a golden room, to, like, the Wonderstone, which just, to me, was a Wonder Ball. Remember Wonder Balls? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> Fucking chocolate with candy inside. Yeah, but the candy was like Disney's characters. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I remember the Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Yeah, but what one now? They still exist. Yeah, they're probably fucking expensive. No, no. I found like I found them in like Dollar Tree. They're like cheap as oh, shit. Really? But like they taste like shit. So yeah. maybe we're just old. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe the oh, true maybe because they're they're a dollar. Maybe the true wonder of the Wonder Ball was youth. I just ripped my pants. <laughs> Good job. I'm wearing those fucking sweatpants that have, like, the the thing at the bottom that, like, close off your feet a little bit more. Okay, yeah. So they're not, like, baggy at the bottom. It's, yep. like, they're stylish. And they were cheap. And I just pulled on it because I'm fucking Joshua. Okay, you're five. Five, and I can't sit still. And I just, like, ripped it. And after a brief brawl with Bull Cathayos... Kathos? Well, Kathos. And after a brief, brief brawl. <laughs> They're just fighting in their underwear. Because yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what you just thought of. Yep. <laughs> after a brief brawl with Bull Kathios. Um, Read that again. Yeah, I, I know. Punched my mic. Because of that belief, he sent his trusted assassin. Um, 
Because of that belief, he sent this trusted assistant. Because I'd originally written this as assassin, and then I looked into who this was as a person. I went, oh, you're not an assassin, you're an assistant. So now I have it stuck in my head that this is an assassin. Fuck me. Because of that belief, he sent his trusted assistant, uh, Gamuel, to assassinate Eulodician. Do you see why I thought he was an assassin? Yeah. He's not an assassin, he's an assistant, Joshua. He's just an assistant who assassins. Yeah. He's an assassin assistant. Assassin assistant. Assistant. Assassin assistant. He's an ass. Do you guys come for the quality entertainment we bring? <laughs>